and welcome to Beyond the Destination, a podcast about all the amazing destinations that you can visit with international expeditions and Zagram expeditions. I'm your host, Daniel Hayward. Uh, Thank you for coming back. If uh, you're a return guest, if you're new, welcome again. Uh, this is our second episode. Today, I have some amazing people with me to discuss everything penguins. Uh, so first, um, I'm talking to Tiffany Howard, a member of our marketing team that had the opportunity to travel to Antarctica last year. How are you doing today, Tiffany? I'm doing well, and I'm excited to talk about my experience with seeing penguins. Oh, yeah, we are, too. Also, we have Rebecca Stacy, one of our business development managers, who just got back from Antarctica, South Georgia, and Falkland Islands. How are you doing, Rebecca? Hi, I'm doing great. I still feel like I have that penguin Antarctica glow in me, so I'm really excited to be here to talk about this. That's awesome. So like I already mentioned, today we're going to be talking everything penguins. Um, this is kind of aligned with, I'm sure everyone's really excited for the upcoming Disney nature movie, Penguins, which is a coming of age story about an Adelie penguin named Steve, who's on a quest to build a nest, find a life partner and start a family. So with someone who has never seen a penguin in the wild and is just anxiously awaiting the movie, I just wanted to hear, you know, more about what it's like to see them in the wild. So what was it really like the first time you two stepped off the Zodiac and onto the shore into a field of penguins? Well, so my first penguin experience on the trip, I did the Antarctic, South Georgia, and the Falkland Island trip. So the full three weeks, I got to disappear to the bottom of the world. Um, and the first day that I was able to see penguins up close was in West Point Island, um, was the first stop. And there we got to do a short little hike. Some other guests decided to kind of go right to the nesting spot. And we were able to view the rockhoppers, which I was really excited about because I am no ornithologist. I am definitely a city girl, but I always love the rockhoppers from just like the movies because they have their crested penguins so they have kind of like that yellow hairdo going on they look super cute because they do hop um, and so we were able to view the rock hoppers and they were nesting along with the black-browed albatrosses um, both of them had really large chicks as well um, and they were kind of nestled inside this tussock grass area so there wasn't a ton of them but they were so cute and the rock hoppers would kind of sit on the albatrosses nest areas and kind of just pretend so it was really funny and that's where you know I first got to be like oh they've got some personality to them um, and it was really really cool and then later on that day we went to Grave Cove and this was just such an unexpected visual experience for me and you're you know riding up on the Zodiac to this white sandy beach and I didn't really think I was going to be seeing any white sandy beaches on this trip and you see a couple of penguins to the left, um, a couple of penguins to the right, and then the field staff are going, no, you need to kind of walk over this hill a short ways. It was like a 15 minute walk, but you couldn't really see the other side from where we landed. So once you start walking towards there, you start to see more penguins all around. And it was really hard because this was sort of our first experience where you're out there walking around, you see penguins everywhere, and you just wanted to stop like every few steps and sort of just take in what you were seeing. But field staff were like, no, go further, go further. You know, once you get to the end, 
you'll see so many more penguins. And they were completely right. So near the end, you're able to see this area and all of a sudden you kind of come down from this small hill, but you couldn't see it from the landing site. And then it was just like, bam, penguins everywhere. And it was just a really cool experience. It was on top of this, I didn't really think I was going to be seeing white sandy beaches. It was a clear blue day, crisp air. It was like 40 degrees. So I thought I was going to be freezing. I showed up with like six layers on top and like four on bottom. <laughs> and um, It just was a magical moment that I did not think I was going to experience when I think, oh, I'm going to Antarctica, South Georgia, the Falkland Islands. It, it really was a special way to kind of kick off all the penguin viewing. So you're saying from an, about, you know, 15 minutes, you went from seeing zero penguins in the wild to thousands and thousands. That must have been pretty freaking special. Yes, it was amazing. Well, so I hear, Tiffany, that you have a slightly different uh, first encounter with penguins on your trip. Is that right? Yeah. So I went on our Across the Antarctic Circle expedition, which is just to the Antarctic Peninsula. And it had been two days crossing the Drake Passage, and I learned I'm not the best uh, seagoing person, so it had been a little <laughs> bit rough. But that third morning, I woke up early, and I opened the curtains, and on the cabins, there's like these Florida ceiling um, sliding glass doors. I looked out, and I could just see like the mountains, snow-covered mountains rising out of the water, and it was absolutely beautiful. So I ran out on deck. And I saw something jumping out of the water and I thought it was fish at first. And then all of a sudden I realized it was actually penguins and just bunches of them just flying through the air into the water. And it was just absolutely amazing. Uh, I couldn't, I never knew like basically how seafaring they were. <laughs> uh, and then later that day, we actually finally got to go and do a landing and we went to the Euler islands and they were just adorable. They were covered with, uh, I think it was Adelie's and Gentoo penguins. Um, they're my favorite. They're just these tiny, cute little plain black and white penguins. No special hairdos um, like the macaronis and stuff. But they're just adorable. And they were just running all over the place on their little penguin highways. But something, uh, you could kind of smell penguins before you actually see them. Yeah. <laughs> There's just this little smell of their guano that just kind of gets up in your nostrils and stays with you for a very long time. <laughs> but it's almost a special a special smell when you look back onto it because, I mean, you're in this remarkable destination and putting up that smell is just, it's nothing compared to seeing them um, in real life. And just hopping on their little bellies and sliding down the, these snowy, hillsides and I never knew it they actually kind of slide up the hillsides too on their stomachs I don't know how they manage it but they were just the most adorable things I've ever seen and I've been in love with them ever since so about how many species do you think that um you guys saw while you were down there um okay let me think if I did this right Poor Jim, the ornithologist, if he listens to this, he might cringe at how I pronounce some of these. But um, So we saw the rockhoppers, king penguins. Um, we saw a couple of chinstraps, the macaronis, Magellanics, um, gentoos, and then the adelis. So that is seven, seven species we got to, I got to cross off my, my newly for, uh, formed bird list that I now am really interested in. <laughs> 
Yeah, I think Rebecca probably saw a few more than me. I know I saw the Gentoos and the Adelis and um, the chin, quite actually hundreds of chin straps. But um, we did see one lone macaroni penguin um, in a field of black <laughs> and white with his little yellow hair tuft sticking off his head, which was really cute. He looked like he was trying to like, I don't know, hide in there, like camouflage. Um, and then where I was on the Antarctic Peninsula, we weren't supposed to see the bigger um, king penguins, but apparently someone had swam south instead of north. I don't know, because there he was all alone amongst this field of Adelis and Gentoo penguins. So that was pretty amazing to see that down in Antarctica. Yeah, that's that's quite a number. Um, so I know you already mentioned that, you know, the smell was definitely a surprise. And, you know, even the fact that maybe since they can't fly, they can defy the law of physics and slide upwards. But is there anything else that really surprised you um, seeing all these different penguins in person? Um, well, I think one of the most surprising things is I just never got tired of watching penguins. Um, I was again, I was on the long three week trip. Um, and really, one of the highlights is seeing all these different penguin species. It's what people think about when they go think about Antarctica. Um, and they were just so much fun to watch. Uh, earlier in the expedition, my expedition leader, Dan Olson, he had really recommended that, you know, you focus on a small group of penguins wherever you go and you kind of just spend 15, 20 minutes watching them. So once he recommended that, that's kind of what I started doing. And you just see their personalities come to life. You see them kind of penguin slapping their friends and they're walking around and, you know, there might be a straggler too. And like, you know, the other, I remember there was one moment where we were with a bunch of king penguins and there's sort of a group of five of them and they were walking across the way and like one of them was kind of a straggler so the other four would kind of just look around and be like come on hurry up and then there was like a penguin slap or two it was just their personalities coming out it was just so cool to watch and it really surprised me at how I could just stand there for 30 minutes and then be like oh wait it's been 30 minutes I should probably keep on walking so I can go see another part of the colony and I think that's one of the things that really surprised me the most was just how I just never got bored of watching penguins kind of do their thing. Yeah, it sounds like you were kind of making your own little mini Disney penguins movie each time when you're watching just one penguin go about its life for a little bit. What about you, yeah. Um, I'm kind of the same way with Rebecca. Just sitting down and watching them was the best part. I mean, um, you got to see them building their nests and picking up these big, huge rocks just with their their beaks. I don't know if that's the proper terminology or not for penguins, but <laughs> um, carrying them sometimes on their little feet. Um, and it was just amazing. And their organization there are little penguin highways all over the place and how they would just go in like single file, like the same amount of space a lot of times between them. And it was just, they have, they have a very organized society that they live in. And it's just amazing to watch them do that. Um, sitting on the beach and watching, you just be watching the waves rolling and all of a sudden a penguin would pop out of the wave. And it's just, they're just completely mesmerizing to watch. Tiffany, did you see the penguins like steal rocks from each other too? I thought that was hilarious when I was yeah, like, that. <laughs> fighting over the same rock that they wanted for their nest. <laughs> oh, man. Wow. Yeah, that sounds really exciting. 
But correct me if I'm wrong, Antarctica, you don't have to go all the way to Antarctica to see penguins. There are other places out there where you can uh, find penguins. That's correct, yeah? Yeah, you can definitely find penguins in a bunch of, well, not a bunch, but in a few other destinations. I mean, now that I've done Antarctica, South Georgia, and the Falkland Islands, I am all about trying to make sure I get down to those sub-Antarctic islands of New Zealand. We have, Sagram's actually going there in January of 2020, and I'm just trying to rack my brain to figure out how I can get myself on that expedition so I can go see um, one of the specialized species of penguins down there are um, these yellow-eyed penguins, and they're pretty much only found in the sub-Antarctic islands. So now that I'm starting to find myself having penguin species preferences <laughs> and <laughs> stuff like that, I really have added that to my list of destinations I have to go to. Yeah, I would love to go. Zagram is doing a wildlife trip to South Africa. Um, it's called Time of Your Life South Africa. And on that, not only do you get to see the iconic African wildlife and stay in beautiful luxury camps, but you get an opportunity to see the African penguins. And I would love to do that. Awesome. Yeah. So those sound like some other great options to go and see some penguins. Um, but, you know, as cool as Antarctica sounds, it also sounds cold and maybe a little difficult and dangerous to get to. Is that representative of your experience or is that maybe a little bit of a misnomer? So um, I think Antarctica has sort of this image of it being really, really cold, really hard and difficult place to go. And some people even feel like it might be a little dangerous. And I mean, that was definitely not my experience. Um, one of the things I will say is I grew up in the LA area. I lived in Las Vegas. I got my first true winter coat like six months ago. So I was a bit anxious about going down to Antarctica because I don't necessarily like to be cold. I was so fortunate that during throughout my entire trip, um, with the exception of just a couple of days, it was clear blue skies around you know mid 30s to 40 degrees and at one point um we were even doing a hike and I'm like okay I gotta take off like two of these layers it is just warm and so that is definitely not always the case and like I mentioned earlier you know the white sandy beaches um near one of the last stops that we made on the trip we also went to this area that was really jagged and rocky, and it was just really interesting to see. The topography was so much different than everything that we saw before as we're doing these landings on the peninsula. So it really was diverse. Um, I will say, too, I mean, when I first got there, I was intimidated. I mean, I see these zodiacs out there, and I'm like, what am I? I'm not Tom Cruise, like in Mission Impossible. You want me to get on this thing and then go through and then like jump off? Like, I don't really know how this is going to work. But it's like when you first step on the Zodiacs and the field staff are so phenomenal. I mean, they, this is what they do. They had um, on my trip, I think it was like 300 trips to Antarctica between the field staff. So they are experts. And you know, they help you get in and then next thing you know, you're with nine other guests and you're zipping towards the landing site. And, you know, all you see in front of you are, are these animals, you see these penguins and fur seals and everything. And you don't see a dock. I mean, there is no 
jockeying. <laughs> and then you're like, okay, this is now I got to kind of jump out. You know, you swing your legs towards the ocean whenever you get on and off and you're kind of remembering everything in the safety briefing. And again, they're the field staff that are there to walk you through it. You get so comfortable doing it. And it was kind of cool to see the confidence level build and not only myself, but even our guests that were a little bit nervous. And, you know, this isn't necessarily a trip where you have to be, you know, a 40-year-old spring chicken that, like, goes and hikes up Mount Etna in your free time or anything. I mean, there's definitely some guests that did that, but it is a destination and a trip where, you know, if you feel comfortable getting in and out of boats, if you're uh, if you're stable on your feet over rocky, uneven surfaces, uh, it is it's a lot less strenuous than I think the the reputation it has. Um, and it's it's really fun. I mean, you go out there and you know you're on the zodiac. You step off. You walk up to you know this rocky area or the beachy area or wherever you're landing, and it, it just hits you that you're just in this pristine environment. You're the guest there. You're just there to kind of observe the wildlife and everything. And you just soak it all in. And those moments are totally worth that first little, uh, can you really get on the Zodiac and like do this? And so it definitely isn't, I think, the, the dangerous destination that sometimes people automatically think that they are and you know I met this couple on board that um this was actually I think the first day when we were had our little welcome party in Ashwaya and I was talking to them and they were just so excited and I noticed some of the field staff were saying hi to them and I learned that they had done the same exact trip Antarctica South Georgia and the Falkland Islands with Sagram in 2018 the end of the trip, they had so much fun. It just was so breathtaking. It exceeded all of their expectations that they like literally went home and booked themselves on for 2019. So they were with us. And I thought that was so cool and really indicative of how amazing the expedition is that these guests, they they did it. They'd spent three weeks going down there. And then they're like, this was great. Let's do it again next year. So it, it really is um, a destination where, you know, our average age is pushing 60, a little bit older. And it's not anything where you have to be worried that, you know, if you're not doing five miles in the gym every day, that you're not going to be able to experience it and have a good time. Well, thanks, Rebecca. That, that Thank you for that perspective. Yeah, it's it seems like quite the destination. And you kind of mentioned that you're, you know, you're not just seeing penguins when you're down there. There's a lot of other wildlife. So Tiffany, like, what else did you see when you were out and about in Antarctica? There are a lot of different varieties of seals. Um, I saw crab eater seals, fur seals. I know when we were on Half Moon Island, there were a couple of fur seals um, sunbathing on the beach. But if they one got like a centimeter too close to the other one, they would all sudden erupt in a huge fight. So we kind of got a live action uh, fight scene going on on the beach, with <laughs> a little entertaining, and also you know a little you, you kept your your space between them. But it was a pretty phenomenal. It was something you would normally see on some wildlife documentary, and there it was up close. Um, and then we also saw killer whales and minke whales, and it was kind of crazy um, when we were on the ship one day. Also, we heard someone say that they had spotted 
some killer whales. So we all ran out on deck and it wasn't just, there was a pot of killer whales, but there was also a minky whale. And apparently the killer whales were actually trying, chasing the minky whale and trying to chase it down and tire it. So it would be their next meal. And it's, it's kind of sad to think about, but again, it was like seeing a wildlife documentary in real time. And while the adults were trying to tire out the minky whale, there were a bunch of young killer whales and they just kept leaping out of the water, breaching the water, and then to just like flopping down on their backs. And it was, it was so cute and so entertaining. It wasn't how killer whales normally act. It was just like they were trying to see who can make the biggest splash and the biggest wave and almost like a competition. And as a mass, we were literally all just running around the deck, trying to keep an eye on where they were going. It was just a phenomenal experience. Wow. Yeah. I was just going to say, Tiffany, like you, I was able to see a ton of whales and different things. But I, one thing that I thought was really, really neat, too, was that um, the expedition leader, he worked so well with the captain that, you know, the captain on the bridge were always looking out for animals and then they would radio over and then we had our naturalists and our marine biologists and the field staff out there looking for whales um, or birds or any of the animals and then all of a sudden you would hear it come over the speaker that's like you know 2 p.m whale sighting and then it's just like everybody just rushes out to go see the whales or they go see whatever animals that are around and and it was just really kind of cool and a little comical because once it happened during dinner and they're like, you know, we normally don't interrupt dinner and it's not just for like a fin whale or something like that because we've already seen a bunch of them. And then we just see the entire dining room clear out, go up to one of the viewing decks. And it was just really, really cool. There's so many wildlife and other things that you saw, not just penguins. One of the things that I really thought was super cool to see too is um on one of our zodiac rides um it was like a zodiac ride slash landing we saw a leopard seal and you know i just watching them move throughout the water that it's almost like reptilian style and it was just again another really really cool experience to see these whales and these seals up close as well yeah well, I don't know about y'all, but that kind of makes me just want to go and, you know, hop on a plane, get myself down to Antarctica. But for our listeners, Rebecca, what should they do if they want to go and see penguins in the wild and have a similar experience to yours? Yeah, all you have to do is call any of our expedition advisors. Some of them have already done this trip, and they're more than happy to answer any questions that you have. Uh, and if you regularly book with a travel advisor, you can go ahead and call them, and we work. We're more than happy to work with them. I mean, I work with the travel advisor community daily, so we are really, really supportive. And I hope to see one of you guys on our upcoming trip. Awesome. Yeah, so thank you, Rebecca and Tiffany, for joining us this week. Um, if you love this, please feel free to share with your family, your friends. Um, we'll be posting more episodes periodically. Um, and definitely subscribe so you know whenever we release a new one. Um, thanks again for tuning in. And uh, until next time, we'll talk to you soon. Bye. It was great talking Bye. about me. I hope you're inspired to join us on one of our upcoming trips. Thank you.